It's a town that they go to where the women have terrible bangs. <laughs> there have been so many films that dig into the social media and Instagram, and, and none of them do it as well as this. Take that, Texas. We're just going to go ahead and mess with Texas, and we're going to call it <laughs> Ohio. And welcome back to Fright Club Live. Might as well just start right away with a little test. We say OH, <laughs> you say IO. <laughs> just FYI. For the out of towners. That's right. That's how that's how it works here in the OHIO. <laughs> welcome. Glad you're here. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we are from madwolf.com. Back at it for Fright Club Live. It's gonna be a fun one, and we have a a nice, fun announcement, too, yeah. that you might be able to guess since some theaters are opening back up now. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But we'll get to that. We're going to talk about uh, horror in in the 6... Well, I was going to say it's in the 614 because that's our area code. That's right. That's Columbus. But there are plenty of other area codes. But then you reminded me that well, most of these, if not all, are fictional Ohio yes, towns. all but one are <laughs> fixed. So they could all be 614. So we're going to call know. them all that's 614. Right. I don't know why And that's not. us. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the Ohio horror. Uh, but first... We want to thank everybody, and it was a lot of you, <laughs> <laughs> that, that chimed in uh, as we presented our, our hot takes. Some not as hot as we thought, some much more hot than right. we thought last time out when we talked about reboots that we thought were better. And yeah, we heard from you. Yes. Passionate. <laughs> and that's good. So, I mean, Seth was nice about it. He, um, <laughs> Seth was, he had been hoping to see cat people on the list. And then um, Silas just, if it were up to him, and it isn't, he would have put the thing at number one, which is, uh, that was a common bit of disgruntlement. A lot of people thought that the thing should be number one. I think you did too, actually. Yeah. And when we say they were nice, that means they didn't declare a pox on all our houses <laughs> that was the bar for being nice but we understand yes we understand some uh, some blood running hot with this but right yeah i could definitely see the thing at number one yeah. i totally understand that yeah. um, uh captain meat toxin mm-hmm. he um i think we may be dead to him now although this this whole podcast was partly his fault but he was really disappointed that we had Romero's Dawn of the Dead below the remake of Dawn of the Dead. But then Andrew, who, by the way, um, I think Andrew is starting his own podcast. Um, Did we piss him off that much? Right. Freaks and Psychos. I'm just going to go make my own. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm excited, though. I'm excited about it. No, that's great, Andrew. Yes. We, we should, we, I can't wait to listen to it. Fantastic. Uh, so, But he, um, we broke his heart. That's actually what he said. For the Romero? Well, because he's a big Romero fan, and we have two Romeros on the list of five. We've got yeah. two Romeros, and but I think the biggest one for him, and then for everybody else who was really angry, Suspiria. Yeah, that really brought the knives out. Yeah. And I do understand, I do understand, because there's a, a lot of love for Argento's Suspiria, and also because Guadagnino's Suspiria was so much different. So yeah. the fact that it's very polarizing is totally understandable. As we've mentioned before, I especially am not a huge fan of the Argento one, so I just, I thought the, the as we said, I thought the, the remake was so much better, but I, I totally get it. I totally get the, that you love the original Suspiria, and he did, Guadagnino did such a different vision yeah. that it makes sense that you probably wouldn't be maybe as on board. Right, if, right. If you, if you absolutely love the original, it makes, it, it makes sense, I think, 
I mean, I loved just the fact, but regardless of the fact that I really love the film, I love the fact that he didn't try to outdo or even mimic right. uh, the, the Giallo style or Argento's use of color or even the way he made everything big to, to make her seem so small. I mean, he just, uh, Guadagnino's whole vision, not just the story, but everything was so much different. And and I understand when you're, when you're remaking such a much beloved film, it's smart to just start off that way. Yes. Although... There are going to be people who are are going to hate it because they love the original so much. So why would they like something so much different? So I mean, it's um, it's understandable. I am with you. Although I do love Argento's film, I am with you that the remake was better. But thank you so much for all the for all the comments. <laughs> and and also I was talking to and I I apologize. I was talking <laughs> Nathan got the I O. Yeah, it's our peeps. Um, I was having a conversation on our Facebook page with, with a guy. I think his name was Cameron. I, I apologize if I messed that up. But we had a nice back and forth because he felt the same way. Really liked the first Suspiria, thought it was heresy, that the new one was better. But you know what? It was, it was a nice back and forth, and by the end, he thought he, he thought he would give it another chance. So appreciate that, even if it, it doesn't still doesn't measure up. You know, it was a great conversation. That's why we love doing this. Yes, you know, yeah, to absolutely. Get, to get everybody's perspective. So it was a lot of fun. That podcast was a lot of fun to do, and I'll be honest, take you behind the curtain here. We, we actually, we probably did that podcast with as little preparation as we've ever had. We, <laughs> yeah. Seriously, we just walked into the studio and had, we had some notes, yeah. obviously, but just let it rip, and it just came so easily. Yeah. Um, and it was partly because, and I did it again this week. I think everybody will understand this. I forget what fucking day it is. I like I have uh, you know I, I I did it for this podcast as well. Is that I just thought what it, is it September now? Like I just and the same thing happened. It just like the date snuck up on me, and we're like, oh, we have to record something right now if we're going to have something live on Monday. So. Okay, if you're keeping score at home, that's one f bomb. That's one f bomb. Maybe what five seven minutes in. So uh, who who has to drink? Who had seven minutes? <laughs> We're on to what else? Um, oh, you wanted to talk about Ohio misanthrope named Valerie. That's right. That's right. Because she uh, did not complain about our reboot podcast. What she did was she finally got a chance to catch up on the blondes in horror podcast, which she likes very much. But she it's a second vote for redheads. Okay. She wants a redheads in horror uh, podcast because she is also... Of the ginger sisterhood. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're down so we for that. Get, right off the top of my head, though, it's, it's going to take me a minute because off the top of my head, ginger snaps and Chucky. And I'm, I'm having a hard time. I will come up with the rest of the list. I really will. Yeah. We'll find more. But um, until then, it's O-H-I-O horror. That's and right. this really is timely. It's perfect because I don't know if you're as excited about the upcoming movie The Devil All the Time as we are. That's gonna, <laughs> but it's very set, it's set in and for those of you outside of Ohio, I'm not making this up. Knock'em Stiff, Ohio. It's real. That's a real Knock town. Stiff. How did a, we not know this? Well, we did, did you, know it. Yeah, it's uh, about an hour. It's about an hour from here, uh, down by Chillicothe. Uh, so Knock'em Stiff is where. The Devil All the Time is set, and that looks great. A, oh, my a great God, that cast. cast. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, and apparently, I haven't read the book, but everybody that I talked to that read the book just freaking loved it. So we're, we're, we're hoping against hope that we get an early screener. Um, come on, make that happen. You know who you are. Um, but uh, it's coming out, I believe, next week it's or gonna soon. Be, it's going to be on Netflix Wednesday. Gateway Film Center is going yeah. to have it theatrically this weekend. Yeah, so knock them stiff. So that's Ohio. None of the mo- movies that we're going to talk about tonight are set in Knock'em Stiff, but we just love we love that that's a real town. Uh, and look it up, because it is. It's not fake news. So, <laughs> O-H-I-O Horror. Right. There, there's, what are the, we kind of hinted at it, 
the parameters, the guidelines are not that the filmmaker is from Ohio and no. not that the cast is from Ohio. Oh, no. Uh, in, in several instances, the filmmaker is from Ohio, which probably explains why uh, that person decided to set their nightmare in this state. <laughs> the point is, no, you don't have to be an Ohio filmmaker. The film just has to be set in Ohio. So there were several that I thought would make the list because of a connection, but there were so many that were actually fully set in Ohio that those didn't make the list. So, for example, Silence of the Lambs. Like, I wasn't going to put that on here or at least get a mention Belvedere, in. Ohio. That's right. It's a, it's a town that they go to, Belvedere, Ohio, where the women have terrible bangs. <laughs> terrible bangs. But it wasn't enough of a setting to make it here. Also, Zombieland, another one we like to talk about because Columbus. Columbus yes. That's right. He's from Columbus, Ohio. Who's the other one? Oh, uh, I know. Uh, the Hills Have Eyes. Because it's not set in Ohio, but the vacationers are from Ohio. And you know that because he's wearing an Ohio State t-shirt that I feel confident Wes Craven did not get copyright to actually use. <laughs> Do you think? Because <laughs> those copyrights are so easy. They just hand them out down on High Street. Just walk by. They'll give you one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure, use it. Say Buckeye. We're fine. It's so, fine. Another movie that they we tried to copyright the word the. <laughs> another movie that <laughs> not a horror movie, but we love it so much. In fact, when we were still writing for the newspaper, uh, 2011, it yes. was our number, number one. one movie of the year. Yes, it's not a horror movie, although it is really scary. Um, and it's called Take Shelter, and we love. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a potentially perfect film for me i mean i it's a, it's michael a, shannon yeah michael shannon it's set in lorraine the lorraine ohio area it was filmed in the lorraine ohio yeah, outside area Elyria, Elyria, outside Elyria. Elyria. Yeah. and uh the the little girl is from columbus yeah what a um, great movie yeah. look it up take yeah, shelter it was so great but that really not a horror movie also uh set in akron the dead next door <laughs> so that's um that's like the cheapest made movie it's an incredibly Low, low, low budget movie. <laughs> um, and it's the production values are, are terrible. But there is something really charming and incredibly gory about it. Sam Raimi is a big fan of this movie. And I feel like Peter Jackson would have been as well. So it's and it's very it's just all over Akron. It's so clearly set in Akron. So if you feel like a fun, bad movie that sort of has its own gory charm, I, I recommend it. OK, how about uh, let's move on up to Toledo for Feed. Yeah, you know, it's funny. When I, I saw Feed a few years ago, I think because we must have been doing, I think we did a podcast on meat. Not a great movie. It's kind of alarming. It's interesting. I thought it was Australian because the no. lead, the lead is Australian. But it was not only is it set in Toledo, it's filmed in Toledo. And if you're s some certain 80s supergroups, Toledo is also known as South Detroit. <laughs> um, and also Union Furnace right here in Columbus, O-H-I-O. Uh, they uh, are, that's set in the real town of Union Furnace, Ohio. Yeah, yeah, and the the filmmakers from Columbus. In fact, I think he may have lived in Grandview for a time, which is where we live in Columbus. Mm -hmm. So those are a few that we want to just mention. Ohio set films that didn't uh, didn't make the list. Yeah, Katie says, "Dang, Take Shelter was so good." Melissa agrees. Yeah, if you haven't seen Take Shelter, do it. It is just so great. Do Michael it right Shannon. Away. Who is always fantastic? Yeah, is. Just a chilling performance, and Jessica Chastain. I mean, the whole the whole cast. Shea Wiggum. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a fantastic movie. So look it up. Okay, um, is that all we're talking about? The pre the prelims. Yes. Okay, so uh, we'll get to the top five. Let's do it. All right, let's hit it. And this one is set two weeks after the first series of murders, as Sydney acclimates to college life. Someone. Donning the ghost face costume begins a new string of killings. This is set at Windsor College in Ohio from 1997. Scream 
Out psycho trying to follow in Billy Loomis's footsteps. You probably already know. The way I see it, someone's out to make a scene. So it's our job to observe the rules of the scene. Number one, the body count is always big. Number two, death scenes are always much more elaborate. This is actually great to follow up on the conversation last time about sequels bettering the original because that comes into play in this. It's yeah. all about, as you saw in the trailer there, it's all about the rules of the sequel. And as the one character says, there's been plenty of sequels that are better than the original. So it just kind of follows uh, in that conversation. But this is Windsor College, known for their thick, juicy steaks <laughs> <laughs> on, on campus. And it's a lot of fun. As we've talked about Scream 2 before, it's a lot of fun. It is. And... I'm going to second Dzak right there because Timothy Oliphant was... He's great. He made our dreamy villains list that time because... Your he, dreamy villains list? Yeah, yeah, yours was mostly female. But the <laughs> <Mostly>. point is, <laughs> he is in it. And uh, But the whole movie is so much fun. And I love that it's in Windsor College. Of course, it's Wes Craven, who is from Cleveland. So there's always a lot, not always, but there's very often a lot of Ohio happening in his movies. And of course, Scream, the original, was not set, it was set in Woodsboro. But I thought it was fun that he moved it for the sequel to a, a little liberal arts college mm-hmm. in, you know, no place Ohio. I thought that was super fun. And it looks like a quaint little, a quaint <laughs> little campus for some killing. <laughs> Windsor College. And we have we have talked in the last few weeks about, I'm sure everybody's heard about the the new treatment that Scream is getting, pretty much, is everybody back on board now that I've heard? I think Courtney Cox is on. The first one we heard was um, Arquette yeah. was on board, and now I think... Which made you think maybe Courtney Cox would not want to be in it. <laughs> no, they're still, they're still buds, aren't Are they? they? Are oh. they friendly? Last I time know. I talked to them. <laughs> um, so we're looking forward to that, so we'll see what comes of it. But uh, <laughs> Debbie Salt is the best character name ever. From Brandon, Debbie Saul. Yeah. That's a good one. It is a good one. She's so great. She's so <laughs> Laurie Metcalf. Laurie Metcalf is. is so great in that movie. Always, always Laurie Metcalf. So. So I think so. I love Scream. I think the original Scream is incredibly clever, and I do think it's a better film than the sequel. But the sequel is to me much funnier, and a lot of that. Oh is because, yeah. You know, it's just it is. It's just much funnier. Uh, I enjoy both of them. I do too, and that is number five, Scream 2 on our list of O-H-I-O Horror from 1997. Move it up to number four, and this one is set in the vacation paradise of Rosedale, Ohio. <laughs> A twist on the slasher genre following two death-obsessed teenage girls who use their online show about real-life tragedies to send their small Midwestern town into a frenzy and cement their legacy as modern horror legends. It's Tragedy Girls. <laughs> Your brains, my charisma. You can do anything. Quick soundbite from the tragic girls. Oh, you can't even this right now. Are you afraid that the killer will target you because of your infamous blog? We will not take any more shit from this serial killer. I'm so scared right now. You look amazing. Jeez. You bitches are crazy. <laughs> Just another example that if if Craig Robinson is in the movie. <laughs> I want to see it. 
<laughs> love him. But that's just one of the reasons why this is another one that's just a bunch of fun. It is. And, and there have been so many films, uh, horror films in particular, that sort of uh, dig into the social media and Instagram, and, and none of them do it as well as this. None of them are nearly as sharp or as clever or, uh, or as insightful, and they're definitely not as much fun. Josh Hutcherson. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so funny. Oh, my God. I'm I so 15, happy. 15,000 followers. I'm so happy that he was in this movie. Oh, yeah. my God. And those of us of a <clears throat> certain age might remember and see that you can easily see this was uh, an inspiration for Rosedale was Riverdale and Archie and Veronica and Jughead and that whole thing. They kind of pattern some of the characters like that. You know, they have like a TV show now, so... They do now? They do. Archie and, and, and... Yeah, I think it might be a horror TV show. We don't what? know TV, so I don't what? know. But yeah, no, is it's true. Right? Cat, you know. Is Tell the, me. With the original characters? Is, <laughs> I don't know. All right, we're, we're, getting, we're getting off brand. But yeah, Tragedy Girls, Jason says Tragedy Girls had some great humor. And it does. It's very... It, it's, it's humorous and it's smart without being condescending. And it, like you mentioned, so many movies have tried to take on this topic... Uh, for obvious reasons, because it's such a now part of society. Yeah. That, and so few of them have done it well. Oh, no, because it, so often I think it's trying to, the, the, those films are trying too hard to make a point, you know, to be a cautionary tale. And this one is just, it, it's as much about just narcissistic teens as it is about how they're sort of, their vehicles for it. But the yeah. other thing I love about it, because it's, it's a buddy picture, yeah. Um, but then it it takes these turns that are unexpected and so clever and and there there is a weird heart to this movie there really is uh, I and uh, the performances all across the board are just magnificent yes and it's also I very love this very self aware about the genre I know you love that at one point they're watching uh, Night of the Living Dead <laughs> at the I'm co- we're coming to get you Barbara yep. scene on there so that's great you know why that is you know why that all horror movies show Night of the Living Dead. Because it's public domain. That's right. That's yeah. why. But it's, hey, great move. It is a great one. Great move. So Rosedale, Ohio. Wait, Cat to the Rescue. It's called Riverdale. It's a teen sex murder mystery hit show. The best CW has to offer. I knew she'd know. I can't wait for the next episode. <laughs> Let's binge watch. <laughs> <laughs> We're so bad with TV. We, we are. We're out of touch. So Rosedale. We have to leave Rosedale. We do. And number four, Tragedy Girls from 2017. And it moves up to number three. And we visit Harrington, Ohio. From 1998, students suspect that their teachers are aliens after bizarre occurrences in the faculty. The students at Harrington High have always suspected their teachers were from another planet. Is this going to be on the test? This is the test. This time, they're right. Now, these six students won't just question authority. They'll have to destroy it. Please report to the principal's office. This is a great movie. Uh, You know what? I think that this is one of those movies that was inexplicably underappreciated when it came out. The cast. Oh, my Lord. Shut up. The cast cast. is just loaded. Loaded. And you can just see some uh, in that trailer, but uh, it's 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 loaded with. I mean, and it's also some of the cast, like Piper Laurie, who you saw there. Oh yeah, um, helps to just cement all the different callbacks to so many different horror movies. Yeah, uh, all throughout it, it's 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 very self aware as well. And yeah, it has a it has a ton of fun. John Stewart, yeah, uh, who is of course known as a great actor, <laughs> but he's fine. Bibi Newworth steals Bibi this movie, Newworth. and of course your yeah. favorite, yeah, Salma, Salma, and. 
Daniel Von Bargen, I think is his name. Great character actor. He was George's boss in uh, in Seinfeld, who uh, unfortunately passed away about five years ago. Always great to see him. And it's just, it's loaded with... Well, and then the kids, too. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah the, you know, Elijah Wood and... Josh Hartnett. Josh, I mean, yeah, Clay Duvall. There's yeah. uh, Jordana Brewster, who's in the really bad... Oh, she's not in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. She's in the prequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, which is also terrible. So anyway. The, so, the, yeah, this is set in Harrington, Ohio, although a lot of the filming was done in Lockhart, Texas, and the, the, the football team was used in the city was told to show up the football game. They were given fake T-shirts to wear in the stands. So Texas standing in for Harrington, Ohio. So take that, Texas. We're just going to go ahead and mess with Texas. And we're going to call it Ohio <laughs> because that's how we do things here in Harrington. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the faculty, am I wrong about this? I feel like the faculty just doesn't get the love, maybe. No, I think you're right. And it's basically, you know, it's basically uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, just retooled by yeah. uh, Robert Rodriguez, who is just great, and Kevin Williamson. So who, the guy who wrote yeah. all the screams, uh, he wrote this, and Robert Rodriguez directed it, and everybody who is worth seeing was in it. And it's, <laughs> you know, and it, and it really didn't, I, I think, get as much attention as it deserved at the time, because it's, it's so incredibly watchable. Yeah. It's creepy, it's surprising, and it's really deadpan funny. It is, really deadpan funny. Originally, for some reason, it was called The Feelers. Oh, that's... But uh, I like the faculty better because, you know, it plays on the fact that always when you're in high school, you feel like you're, most of the teachers are just like, you know, what's up with you? And it uh, turns out there's something. Mm -hmm. There's something up with this faculty. In Harrington, Ohio, number three on our list of O-H-I-O, <laughs> or Dzak says, Texas forever. What's that, what's that about? I don't know. I would expect it from Phantom Duck Dave or Silas. They're both from Texas, but okay. I, don't, I don't know about Dzak. Well, okay. he goes there a lot. He does go there a lot. All right, well. This is about Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move it up to number two. Oh, this is a fun one. This is from 2007. This is set in Warren Valley, Ohio. Five interwoven stories that occur on Halloween. And this is from an Ohio filmmaker as well. Columbus, Ohio filmmaker. Mm -hmm. Trick or treat. Look at me. It's not a trick. It's real. It's about respecting the customs, not breaking them. I think for some reason I remember not having great expectations of this when I saw it the first time, and I just freaking loved it. Oh, Jenny says, love for the faculty. Yes, love the faculty. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Um, but uh, Trick or Treat, Michael Doherty, filmmaker from Columbus, Ohio. This was actually based on his short film Season's Greetings from the late uh, 1990s, and that debuted the lovable character of Sam the Pumpkinhead, who, <laughs> who we got to meet down at uh, Halloween Horror Nights oh, in Orlando. That was a blast. He just was running around the whole the whole camp there, the whole amusement park grounds, and you got your picture with him. That was I fun. did, yeah. But this one has, talk about a cast, how about Dylan Baker and Thurman Merman? That's right! Love it. Yeah. Love it. The whole cast is great yeah, in this one, though. Yeah, Anna Paquin. And it has Brian Cox. Brian Cox, yeah. It has. It's uh, like we said. It's those interwoven stories because it's, and it's an anthology type that brings them all together in a very, I think, clever way, and has a twist at the end. Very cool twist that I admit. Lots of twists. I, I didn't see. Well, a big twist at the end, and it was just a blast. And and something that is uh, I saw on the screen there on the on the trailer. One of the quotes was required viewing at Halloween and I think it should be oh my it's, god it's yeah just, it's just one you got you got to watch every Halloween it's, it's so much it's fun. one of those movies that does uh comic book uh cut-ins incredibly well yeah. you know definitely you know a throwback to the old um yes why can't I think of the Wes Craven 
or excuse me, the Romero anthology. Creep show. Creep show is what I was trying to if think anyone- of. It does those great cutaways with uh, comic books that I think yeah. looks really cool. Also, I love the whole story. I think it's it gets lost because some of the other ones are sort of super crazy cool and have these great transformations. But I love the whole story on the bus. And I and I know for sure we're going to do school bus podcast because as we were watching that trailer, I thought of five right in quick succession. <laughs> That's so, why you couldn't think of that Romero thing because your, your brain was on something else. And the funny thing about this movie, an interesting thing when we talk about horror movies, is that every single death occurs off camera. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, which takes nothing away from the movie because it, it doesn't it doesn't detract from its its creepiness or its fun factor whatsoever. Yeah, I want to jump back to uh, to Jenny's because it is one of the very best werewolf tra- werewolf yes. transformation scenes. And Agreed. You know, and it's so fun that it's Little Red Riding Hood, but there's the twist on it, of course, because she's the oh, it's just the best. There's so much. It's so fun. It's so fun beginning to end this movie and really, really clever. And I don't always like anthologies. I mean, sometimes they really leave me cold. But I don't think that there's one short in this that's weak. No. And and they all have such a different, each one has a very different style. You know, Dylan Baker is incredible. I love him as, I mean, because you can't see him as anything but creepy ever since <laughs> happiness. There know, is no way he'll that's never so, not be creepy. That's so true. And Thurman Merman, yes. It's just a great movie. It is great. We haven't talked about this one in a while. I mean, for a I while, know. it showed up in a lot of podcasts, but it's been a minute, and I'm excited that yeah. we got to talk about it. Glad again. to have it at number two, Warren Valley, yep. Ohio, Trick or Treat. And that takes us up to number one. But before we get to number one, we got a little bit of announcement to make, and that is the fact that starting uh, next month, which is perfect, October, Halloween, we're going to be back in front of a crowd. Okay, a little bit smaller because of safety concerns, but we're going to be back at Gateway Film Center. Come out. Come out and see us. For Fright Club Live. It's going to be October 14th. October 14th. Um, We haven't narrowed down the film or the podcast yet we can't really narrow down the podcast yet till we know what the film is and because of booking considerations usually chris has a lot more time than like a week to figure out whether or not he can get something so we're still a little bit up in the air as to which of the films we're going to show but you know if you're feeling comfortable in a movie theater please come out we've actually been we were at the gateway to see tenet yeah, and in I will say, millimeter. here in town, we've been to the Gateway, we've been to Studio 35, we've been to the Grandview, and I gotta say, kudos to all three of those staffs, yeah, because really true. we felt totally comfortable. And I know you were feeling a little bit more skittish than I was. Way, yeah. I don't want I don't like to be indoors and I don't like people. I never really liked people, but now I just, you know, I, I, I don't trust them. Uh, I did go to one of the Googleplexes. The facility was set up well, but there was nobody policing other people. And so this guy walked past me. He like climbed past me twice to get more popcorn or whatever without a mask on. And I thought it was going to a giant freak out. But uh, when we went to the gateway uh, just a week or so ago, everything was buttoned down. And so I think you'll feel totally comfortable. Hopefully, uh, we'd love to see you there. October 14th. Gateway for the return of Fright Club Live. We'll have more information about uh, the movie and the topic coming soon, but we look, we look forward to that. And everybody that can make it out, we certainly hope to see you. <laughs> Nathan says the topic is going to be plagues. Here's uh, sad news from Jason. Jason's moving to Detroit. What? what? The Detroit? Uh, North Toledo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Refer- we'll miss you, Jason. Referred to here as that state up north. Uh, yeah, we will, but we look forward to keeping in touch on uh, through the social medias. All right, so we ready to go up to number one? I am. We leave Warren Valley, Ohio, and we stop in Springwood from 1984, the classic, the original, A Nightmare on Elm Street. No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nancy, there's something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Whatever you do, don't 
fall asleep. A new masterpiece in fantasy terror. Nightmare on Elm Street. Who didn't know? Come on. You had to know that this <laughs> was going to be number one. And we don't talk about this one very much, but this has, has not made very many of our podcasts. That's weird. It is. Well, it's a little bit because a lot of times we're trying to hit films that people don't know as well. And also, you're not a huge fan of this one. Um, among 80s slasher types, I, I do. I'd have to put this at the top. Uh, the overall genre, no, is not my favorite. But I, I would. this is one of the, the best. And I've mentioned many times that that long-armed yeah. scene, that did get me. That got me. That scared me. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought the whole thing was really scary. Everything about it. I mean, I know it didn't have a great budget. And, and in a lot of instances, there are so many sequels. And the budget improved for some of them. But I don't think the movies... And, and Freddy's character transformed became much more of a one-liner yeah, of a yeah. comic villain Very much. In, the, in the later episodes. But in the first one... It, it, what scared me, and I think what scared a lot of people the first time, was not so much this guy with this sort of, you know, burned up face or even necessarily the claw, right? It's the idea that you can't not fall asleep. You can't do it. And I don't even want to. You know, I was going like, to say, no. that, that for you, yeah. that might be worse than the woods. <laughs> I, yeah, it's because, it's, you know, there are times where I think when the zombie apocalypse comes, eventually I'm just going to be like, I'm tired of, of avoiding you here. Just bite me. Um, but for and I, but I would give in even sooner if it was like, you're going to kill me in my sleep. Well, I mean, I've been awake 12 hours. I haven't had a nap. I guess I'm dead. now. Twelve. <laughs> I am. Um, I like sleeping. And <laughs> so anyway, I just really I thought that the concept of it was really fascinating. And then the execution as well. Is it, you know, how is your dream going dream going to kill you? Yeah. Well, then they did. He yeah. did come up with a villain entirely unlike any that we had ever seen. Like a completely, which is, you know, by 1984, the slashers or had already completely saturated the market. And so we'd seen every type of boogeyman, every type of masked man, you know, um, and every type of, of killer that couldn't be killed, that just kept coming back to more, no matter what you did. So not only was just the image of this guy and then what he was, you know, mm -hmm. and, and uh, the glove, right? <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, after the fact that he's going to kill you in your sleep, that glove is just absolutely genius. And what's interesting, this is set in Spring Springwood, Ohio, fictional, but it was originally supposed to be set in L.A. The script mentions the San Fernando Valley, and then they filmed a line that was eventually cut where a teenager says California is the most high and balmy state, man. But all that was, all was that good? Uh, all that was cut out. They wanted for the final cut. They wanted to make it vague in which city the movie was set. So um, then the second movie, I think, according to what I found, establishes the name as Springwood, and then later movies confirmed it was in Ohio. Ohio. So uh, we kind of evolved along the way. But we're claiming it. That's right. Darn it. We're going to claim the classic Nightmare on Elm Street for Springwood, Ohio. <laughs> and I think I just saw Joel said, yeah, Ohio is the best location for horror. Pretty darn it good. Is, yeah. Hard to argue. Yeah. Hard to argue. So that's that's a good five. And uh, we look forward to your... Uh, thanks for all the comments, by the way. Look forward to your... What would be another good to location your, uh, to do? Texas. I can already think of... Texas? Seven. Oh, yeah. Gee, which one? <laughs> But there's a lot of Texas horror. New England. We could do New England generally. It would be basically be our Stephen King. Every Stephen King. It would be basically be our Stephen <laughs> yeah, King podcast. Exactly. But, but this is a good one to start with. Some yeah. good ones here. So, uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. And, again, we do say that we're going to be back at Gateway next month. But we still plan to do some of these StreamYard ones because these are, these are fun. They are fun. And, uh, and, and there will be a podcast. There will be a Fright Club podcast between now and October the 14th, mm -hmm. assuming that I can remember what day, week, month, and year it is. <laughs> uh, and it is going to be on the best voices, 
the best voices in horror. Well, I'm, can I just uh, I know, which is a chime funny thing. in right now? It's like all of a sudden I'll come up with all these topics about you. <laughs> think maybe I have a crush on you or something. What? So that's going to be the next one that we do either this way or in the studio. One of the, Not live, not live and in person. And then also between now and then, we are going to be on Jamie Ray's podcast, Fave Five, Fave Five from Fans. Why do I trip on that every time? It's a tongue twister a little it bit. It is a little yeah. bit of tongue twister. And we're very excited that he's going to have us on. Yeah. Appreciate that. Oh, Brandon says we need more Rhode Island horror. And Cat <laughs> wants cabins in woods. Yeah. Plenty of those. Yeah. Plenty of those. So this is fun. Thank you so yeah, much New for England everybody. Yeah, King and Lovecraft. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Lovecraft. Oh, we watched that show. We watch a TV show, everyone. We do. Lovecraft it's, of course, Country. Lovecraft Who's Country. watching that? Yeah. yeah. It's, I like it because it packs so much into every episode. It does. It doesn't really keep a lot of things... Straight on. They 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 accomplish something every every time, yep. and it gets it gets bloody. Yeah, it does. It gets freaky, and it's got it's some good exciting. social commentary mm-hmm. there too. So yes, we are watching a TV That's show. That's right. And here's my hot take: that blonde lady and that blonde guy, they're the same person. Ooh. They're never in the same room together. Ooh. And the singer Ruby, she's going to be so unhappy when she finds that out. <laughs> she will. She will. Okay, Black Christmas. It's has a good a one. The best voices. That is good. Yeah. That is good, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, until then, <laughs> keep the comments coming. Thank you so much. Love the uh, light. Love the fright clubbers. Always so much life. Even even when you agree with us, but even more when you don't. Uh, so if if you don't about this, <laughs> that's not this. true. I don't love you more when you don't agree with us. Not at all. Sometimes, the, but the, the the level of passion you got to respect it. You got to respect it. So thanks so much. We appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you if you can make it to Gateway um, on October 14th. And of course, we'll have more news about that coming up soon. Yeah. But uh, until then, you can always find us on Twitter. That's easy. We're at Fright Club Pod. Also on Facebook and Instagram, it is Mad Wolf Columbus and the main website where you can find all of our written reviews plus our other weekly podcast about all the new releases that come out called The Screening Room. You can find that uh, always at madwolf.com. Mm-hmm. Right? So until next time, keep in touch if you can. She is Hope Mad. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. And stay frightful, my friends. <laughs>